You may be seated. Um, the play that was rendered today was, should have been rendered last week. And those who remember the sermon last week will be amazed. I was talking about expectations and so on. They wrote the play. They rehearsed without knowing what I was going to say. When I heard it, I had to make them bring it up because that's what God is saying. Is about our expectations. Can you say expectations? A lot of us have lowered our expectations. A lot of us have abandoned our expectations. A lot of us don't even know how to manage our expectations. It is to the degree of your expectancy that God is going to act. I don't want you to be all excited without going home empowered. So I'm going to give a short exhortation. I hope I can do that in 10 minutes so that we can proceed. I take my text this morning from John chapter number 6. I'm going to be reading verses 4 to 6. I'm going to be reading from the translation of choice for Grace Assembly New King James Version, could you stand with me for the reading of God's word? John 6, verses 4 to 6. I read very quickly. And I want all attention on the word of God and as much as possible, no movements in honor of the word of God. The Bible says, Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seen a great multitude coming towards him. He said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that this great multitude may eat? It's one thing to talk about a multitude. It's another thing to talk about a great multitude. And he asked Philip, with all that is coming our way, the need, the problematic complications of this mass of people, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Verse 6 surprisingly says, But this Jesus said to Philip, for he himself knew what he would do. Living in Nigeria, you will admit with me, there's a multitude, indeed a great multitude of so many things that are not very complimentary and very, not very helpful coming our way. If I were to ask you, how shall we solve this myriad of problems that has made the best of our brains a jackpot outside of Nigeria? How shall we be able to bring back the Naira to one-to-one -one with the dollar? I was alive and well the first time at the age of nine when I went to United Kingdom on holiday. It was one Naira to one pound. And one Naira was equal one Naira 40 cents. And I have it on my first passport. To the dollar. I had one dollar 40 cents to the naira. So the naira was stronger than the dollar. In one lifetime, it is about almost a thousand naira to one dollar. If I were to ask you, how shall we solve this myriad and multiplicity of incomprehensible? Amount of problems, what would you say? That was what Jesus asked Philip. What they said in the book of Mark is send them away. 
There's no solution. In the book of Mark, they said, send them away. It's not possible. I'll come to that. But this morning, I want to read the Amplified Classic to show you that God is in the house and the solution, the equation to turn the, the huge problem into a huge testimony is already here. Can I hear an amen? And Jesus looked up then and seeing that a great, a vast multitude was coming toward him, he said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that all these people may eat? But he said this to prove and to test him, for he well knew what he was about to do. Glory to God. This morning I bring you this short exhortation that I entitled God is going to do it, is about to do it again. God is about to do it again. Expect it and give him thanks for it. Somebody lift up your hand and begin to thank God. No matter how big the problem is, no matter how huge the need is, God is about to do it again. Expect it and thank him for it. For some people, you have already received it. Thank him for it. For some people, you're waiting for God to do it. Expect it and thank him for it. But everybody has to thank him for it. Father, we thank you today for what you did and what you're about to do. The year has not come to an end. No, there's a great multitude of happy outcomes that will happen between now and the end of the year. We're expecting it and we're thanking you for it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you say amen? You may be seated. I like the Amplified Classic. It says, he only said this to prove, to prove him or to test him, for he well knew what he was about to do. I wish I could get your attention because you can see the problem. You can enumerate and calculate the need. But what usually the, the human being that is a child of God doesn't normally have access to is what God is about to do. Not what he's going to do a long time from now. The word about to do means it's round about now. Can you help me look at somebody that God is going to send me help right round about now? God is going to do it for me round about now. Praise God. He said to him, what can we do? Knowing that what he was about to do. The New Century Version says, Jesus asked Philip this question to test him because Jesus already knew what he planned to do. I bring you news. And for those of you that know me, no, I don't speak like this if God didn't send me. God, can you take this away and bring the New Century Version what he has planned to do. To do not in general what he has planned to do for you. So look at that, amen. Look at that, amen. What he has planned to do for you. 
in your family, in your situation. He already knew what he had planned to do. All Jesus wanted was to see how well Philip knew him. A lot of you know about Jesus. Perhaps I should urge you to get to really know him. He saw the problems coming. He described the problem. He wasn't hiding from the enormity, a vast multitude. And they were problematic because they were in a desert place. There was no market and they certainly didn't have enough money. Because one of the Sabbath says, if we're to collect a year's wage, would we be able to feed all these people? I want to announce to you, your problem and your need will never intimidate God. He already knows what he's planning to do. Will somebody just lift up your hand and say, Lord, that's me. I receive it. A happy outcome because you have it already planned out. As you planned it, let it come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notwithstanding the vast, vast multitude and the quantum of the need, the question was, was Philip going to be expectant? Was Philip a believer enough to be expectant? That this problem will not end in disgrace. This problem will not end in shame. Was Philip Christian enough? Was Philip a believer enough to still be expectant in a desert place without the money or the market that this was going to happen, a happy outcome? A lot of us would believe God if there was a market. A lot of us would say, maybe it's possible if I had the money. There was no market. It was a desert, desert place and there was no money. And God was testing Philip. My prayer made this morning, if you fail this test before you came to church, you're going to pass it now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said to the church, no, so no matter what, so no matter what you see, no matter what you go through, manage your expectations. The size of the need that you have will always impact upon your expectations. And many times you lower it when you consider your age, when you consider how many times you failed. We need to learn to manage our expectations. Feel it! With this vast multitude, where, what level would your expectation be? It's not so much about Philip, it's about you. So no matter what you see, no matter what you hear, huh, we need to learn to manage our expectations. We, so no matter what, we need to maintain our expectation. Sometimes when you don't count the number of people, you may manage to still be expectant, but the Bible says it was 5,000 people not counting the, the women and the children. And in church, you always have more women than men. So if there were 5,000 men, there were at least 7,000 women, and maybe they had another 2,000 children. So the problem was not a 5,000 strong problem. We're looking at a 14,000 thereabout amount of trouble. But indeed, no matter what, we should go beyond managing our expectations, maintaining our expectations. We need to get to the point where we strengthen our expectations. I wish multimedia, you're going to stay with me. You're behind. So no matter what, you start out managing your expectations. You need to learn how to maintain your expectation. And then you need to strengthen your expectations. 
somebody will look at this building now. And we begin to calculate how much cement is, how much steel is, and how much you would need. And look at how many people are in church. And ah, why would they be doing this? Ah, I'm not there. Feel it. How are we going to feed these people? Philip said, send them away. Somebody may be thinking, bring it down. But when you go, by the time you come back, you won't meet us here, we'll be there. Wherever you are that does not fit you, maybe your job, maybe your financial level, maybe your marital status, wherever does not fit you according to the desire of God who loved you enough to cause his son to die for you, when they come to look for you in 2024, they come to look for you where they know you to be at the level you've always been, they will not find you there in the name of the Lord. What kind of amen is that? I said they will not find you there in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't judge me by what you know about me. There is somebody standing with me. The economics of this, of this transition in government does not phase him. He's God all by himself. I remember when Lazarus died. When Lazarus was sick. His sister sent for, for, for Jesus. If you will come now, you will be able to save your friend. Jesus heard and he could have gone. He said, no, I want to teach them a lesson. To God, nothing shall be impossible. He said he's sick. He went in the other direction for days. And when he heard that he was dead, they said he's dead. No, to you he's dead. To me, he's only sleeping. When he came, the sister of Lazarus says, don't bother to go there. By now, he stinks. I want to warn you, there are people looking at your situation and their conclusion is your situation stinks. Not that they were bad. In the limitation of their understanding, they had lowered the expectation that death could conquer the power of the resurrection of Jesus. No, sir. And Jesus said, take me there. And he said only two words, three words, Lazarus, come forth. The rest is history. Anybody that went to the grave and the sepulchre to look for Lazarus there, by that evening did not find Lazarus there. I want to prophesy. As you did for Lazarus, your friend, that you did not allow people to find him there any one day longer. Anybody that hears me and believes, there will be a translocation, a reposition of you from where you are to where you want to be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Child of God, raise your expectation. It's not limited to your friends. It's not limited to your connection. It's not limited to the economy. It is in the hands of God. The Bible says, Abraham did not consider the deadness of his body. Because he believed that God was able to do what he said he will do. In this season, to grace assembly of happy outcomes. My prayer is no one will miss it in the name of the Lord Jesus. You may sit down, John 6, verse 6, let me close. The message Bible says, he said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. 
There's a conversation you've been having with the Lord and you've not been doing so well. And God is saying, in this situation, can I do it? And you start thinking, I don't think so. When you allow situations to lower your expectations, you go to option B. And once you do that, God is going to leave you to do it yourself. God is God all by himself. What he starts, he will finish. I put up a quotation. I said, when God wants to do something, he doesn't need to get up. He just sends his word. Your situation will never defy God. My situation will never deny God. Nothing will lower God. God will always be God. That situation is going to bow to the power of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to call close with Mark. Mark 6 verse 36, the New King James. This same story in the book of Mark, the rendition of Mark says, when the day was now far spent. And that's, the year is far spent. And you know, people look at people like me and say, why do you talk like this? We're already in December, but you don't know God the way I know God. I'm not here to speak with enticing words of a man's wisdom. I'm here to prove that the kingdom presents itself with power. Some of the testimonies you heard today, I spoke word to them in the face of impossibility. That's your son that you're talking about. I spoke the word to you. The son that you're now saying is doing master's degree in the midst of total darkness, I told you, and the boy was born. A lot of testimonies here. I told you, madam, one day you were going away from the church. I walked to you and I said, I have a word for you. I said, God says he's going to sort out your son. I told you. It didn't look like that. You are still looking for dollars to show the problem. The miracle is sitting to your left today. And uh, because God started it, God is going to perfect it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear me. Uh, indulge me because some of you look at a man and you think you're dealing with a man. No, you're not dealing with me. I'm only the vessel. I am not the king. Now the day was far spent. I'm talking about time or age. For some women, they're counting how many years you have to menopause. It was far spent, whatever it was. And his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and already the hour is late. Send them away. That they may go into the surrounding country, far away it means, and villages and buy themselves bread. The Mark rendition in the New Living Translation, verse 37 says, But Jesus said to them, You feed them. And they answered, With what? I wish somebody would stand up and say, You're talking about me. God is saying, I'm going to do it. And you say, How are you going to do it? They said, With what? They asked. With such venom, with such intensity, with such aggression, because they, they quantified the problem. They looked at the antecedents and said, This is impossible. With what? They asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. He didn't say buy food. He said feed. For God to feed you, he doesn't have to buy food. For God to promote you, he does not need your staircase. He uses an elevator. 
say you feed them God is about to do it again can I hear the right kind of amen because you know the story five loaves and two fish fed five thousand men not counted the women and children and said gather the remnants and they gather 12 baskets full one basket for every disciple that didn't believe ouch you said feed them you said with what you said go home with one basket full to show your ignorance that don't speak like an unbeliever in the house of god with god Nothing shall be impossible. Can I hear a shout of praise in the house? I want you to rise to your feet. We're going to pray. How? Psalm 16 verses 8 to 9. I read the common English Bible. How will you get this right? The Bible says, I always put the Lord in front of me. And so I will not stumble. Because he's on my right side. Not my right hand. My right side. Those that know, know. And those that don't know, God will give you understanding. My enemy may be on my right hand, but God is on my right side. And that's why my heart celebrates and my mood is joyous. Because I set the Lord before me always. A lot of people do that when they have the money. Nuh-uh. The relationship with the Lord is not conditional. Coming to church is not conditional. It's a commitment. I always put the Lord in front of me. Begin to pray for yourself. I will not stumble because he's on my right side. My enemy may even be in my right hand. He may be at my doorstep, but God will be at my right side. And that's why my heart celebrates on this annual harvest and Thanksgiving day. And my mood is joyous. This, this ropes in everybody to the place of Thanksgiving and celebration. Whether God has done it, or whether you're just learning about the plan of what he's about to do because about to do is something that's going to happen very quickly lift up your hand to the Lord and say a prayer to the Lord say Lord I will set you before me always not before my job not before my marriage not before my children not before no nothing will be before you I will put the word always in front of me and the result is my heart will celebrate and my mood will not be down. It will be joyous because that which he has planned for me is about to be executed. Father, we thank you. I stand in the gap concerning everyone here and I say God is about to do it again for you. As you expect it, you will receive it and you will thank him for it. So it is. Blessed be God in Jesus' name. If you have been blessed this morning, put your hands together and just help me celebrate the Lord. Re remain standing for a minute. When I walked into church, I felt an anointing and I was waiting to see a confirmation. 
And Mr. Fola came here and said something. I ran a test in October. I believe she said October. And the results were damning. At my age, over 60, I know what that means. And she told no one and told only the Lord. And then she went in November. For no known reason. How shall we fill this vast multitude? How do we solve this? Do you know what it means when your heart betrays you? And they ran the same test. And it is the extreme opposite. Explain that. Somebody else came and testified. Who was it? Testified. Aha. Minister Chakobe came. Ah. When she first taught her sister, because I know her sister, I jumped. When you start talking about you, and I'm saying, Nalai. And in a short time, what kills people? I just lost a friend to cancer. It doesn't take long. They looked for it. They didn't find it. Who removed it? I remember when I was 49, my mom died. This, my brother, was one that called me. I took my son to resume school in Florida. He said, are you sitting down? I said, sit down for what? He said, sit down. He said, mommy, don't go. I said, what? I just took my son to an expensive aviation university. I was broke. My mom died. I'm first son. Wahala. As I landed in Nigeria, my doctor said, come back on the next place. I said, for what? He said, I can't tell you. I said, if you don't tell me, I won't come. My mom is in the freezer. He said, you have to get on the plane. He said, we suspect pancreatic cancer. It kills in a couple of weeks. I didn't tell you. I didn't tell anybody. I got on the plane. I went back. I was praying. I said, what will become of me? You told me to leave my marital law and follow you. This is it. My mom is in the freezer. They will bury us one after the other. My doctor couldn't look me in the eye. I checked into a hotel. Nobody was with me, only the Holy Spirit. Imagine when you have a prognosis like that and your mom is still in the freezer. Nobody knows you're out of the country. And I prayed and God said, submit yourself to the test. They ran every test. They couldn't find nothing. I'm going to be 62. In February, my dad died at 50. That happened at 49. So it looked like history was going to repeat itself. But God removed it. God erased it. God deleted it. There's anointing for healing here this morning. Anybody here that has a situation that is dangerous. By the anointing of God present in the house today. Jehovah our healer. Jehovah Rapha, my healer, as you have done for me, done for Temilola, done for Fola, lift up your hand wherever you are. And if you want to run here, run here. Whatever you want to do, but please don't go home and meet that situation. I release that anointing for healing that they will look for that thing. They will not find it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As you receive the anointing, you may feel a heat on your body, on your hand, on your feet. Whatever it is in a, 
in one week or so, go back for your test. They will look for it. They go look tired. They go explain tired. But they will not find it. To God alone be the glory. Jehovah, the one that fights our hell battles for us. And puts the prognosis of shame to shame. You will not suffer disgrace. You will not die. You will live to de declare the glory of God in the land of the living. Blessed be God in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me put your hands together for the Lord this morning. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Glory to God. That song. I would long have been dead, buried, and forgotten. That was 13 years ago. Who remembers somebody that died 13 years ago? People move on. If you don't believe God's power, I am proof that God is powerful. You are going to be proof that God is powerful. You may be seated. I wish we had more time. You will come back with your testimony. Even if you prayed for somebody, you will come back with that person to give your testimony. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.